Bad Idea just released this new comic book, Passive Aggressive, and then we found out that it's not one comic book, it's actually two, Passive and Aggressive. Two different stories, same cover, you have no idea which one you're going to get when you go into your store, unless you sleuth it out on the internet with the rest of us, but let's talk about this, huh? This is Overthinking the Bad, my name is Sean, and we've been dunked on. when Bad Idea pulls one over on us. This is at least the second time that we have been full-on, in-your-face, dunked on by Bad Idea. The first was famously The Hero Trade. They released that book as an ash can to stores, mailing it to them, making it appear like it was somebody's indie comic that they had made and are just sending out in the hopes that people will like it and order it and want to carry it in their shops. They didn't tell anybody what it was. Uh, They didn't tell anybody that it was actually the first bad idea comic book to end up in stores. By the time that it became known what it actually was, the deadline to order more had already passed. And as a result, this is now the most desired and most rare Bad Idea comic book so far. We've been dunked on. Now, with the release of Passive Aggressive, we found out that the book is actually two different comic books. There is a passive story contained within the covers and also an aggressive story contained within those covers. In a way, they're both telling the same series of events, but the main character of each story shifts from issue to issue. And in this way, the actual contents inside are two separate comic books. We have no idea which one we're getting when we pick it up just by looking at the cover of it. We've been dunked on again. And I can't shake the feeling that these first customer buttons that people are lining up for at 6 a.m. and which have become quite a fun, hated, exciting, whatever you want, collectible item that goes along with Bad Idea, that this is one big, long dunk. They ran and jumped from half court and have been slowly sailing through the air ever since May, just waiting, looking down on us as we sit there helplessly as they fly towards the hoop, waiting to dunk this in our faces. There's another dunking going on. It's a long one, and it's in process. 
And this is all, from my perspective, pretty fun, right? <laughs> it's This is one of the more exciting things that I've experienced in comic books. I've just kind of given in to enjoy it. And I enjoy the spectacle of it. I enjoy the audacity of it. The WTF-ness of finding out that the comic book that I just bought at my store is actually only one of two of the stories that I actually need to be getting to get the complete passive-aggressive story. I enjoy the fact that they pulled this off, that there are actually two different versions of passive aggressive, two different stories contained within the pages of passive aggressive. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything where you don't know what you're getting inside. We've seen variant covers where the insides are all the same, but the wrapping is different, but we've never seen something where the wrapping is the same, but the insides are completely different. It's a total inversion of the idea of variant covers and instead, now we have variant stories. And aside from the challenges of tracking down the one you don't have and the now these hoops to jump through, sending in the final five stickers to get the copy that you don't have, aside from all those hoops, this is really cool. It's a really cool thing. And all this stuff has been really fun. It is really fun that they just sent out a comic book two stores didn't tell them that it was actually the first bad idea book it's really fun that they're giving out these first customer buttons and while it also kind of sucks when you don't get one and you feel like you've been dunked on it's both of those so i'm gonna propose a word to describe this because it's we're being dunked on but it's also fun at the same time so from now on I'm going to refer to one of these types of events as a fun dunk. We've been fun dunked by Bad Idea, and we're going to keep being fun dunked as far as I am concerned. I'm pretty sure that this is going to keep going and keep going. After all, this whole announcement that quote-unquote Bad Idea is over is just a long fun dunk, right? They're not going anywhere. They're going to keep making comic books, and they throw in that little catchphrase of, as we know it, to really explain that, hey, yeah, maybe things are going to change and that this iteration of Bad Idea is over, but it's going to remain them making comic books. Another example of a nice, long, fun dunk by Bad Idea. So this episode is all about the latest fun dunk the Bad Idea has perpetrated on us, and that is, of course, this passive-aggressive book or should I say the two books, Passive and Aggressive. I really lucked out because I pre-ordered tons of copies of this because I have this insane theory that this is going to be one of the keys to one of the long fun dunks that Bad Idea is up to. So I have a number of copies of this in the mail coming to me as we speak. And I've already gotten the first one. So luckily, due to my insane theories i have both the passive and aggressive issues on the day that they came out so that was actually really fortuitous to me i uh, really lucked out with that one and i'm kind of shocked <laughs> that my insane theory has kind of paid off in a way so that's pretty cool but onward let's talk about passive aggressive 
So now I want to talk about the actual book itself. But before I talk about the contents, I think I need to talk about the form of it, which is really the big elephant in the room, which is there are actually two versions of this book available. And the two different versions aren't just a variant cover. It's actually an entirely different story contents between the two versions of the book. The two versions are known as passive and aggressive, hence the combined title, passive aggressive for this book. I think this is the first time that I've ever seen anything like this, where one individual book with one individual cover has separate contents inside. In fact, if you even you look at the the barcodes on each versions, they are identical because the outer cover wrapping is identical from version to version. And so from even from an inventory point of view, they are the same item, whether you have the passive contents or the aggressive contents. I don't even think we quite have the vocabulary to describe something like this yet. It's not a variant cover. It's a variant story, except that it's kind of all one big story because it's intended to be read together with both halves of this story being different perspectives on the events that are happening. So what what do we call this? A content variant? Something like that? I'm actually not even sure because I really don't think we yet know exactly how to describe this. I do think it's very cool that they pulled this off, however, they being the masterminds at Bad Idea Comics. The fact that half of the shops got a completely different comic book, essentially, except for the wrapping, is fantastic. And the fact that it was kept under wraps for so long. And did you notice, actually, and this was pretty darn devious, it looks like a lot of shops actually received this book early, about two weeks early. And it looks like all the shops that received it early got the aggressive version of the story. And here's what was interesting. All the preview pages that Bad Idea had sent out in their various email announcements and press releases showed pages from the aggressive version of the story, except one. There was one page from the passive version of the story. In all those press releases, it was all aggressive preview pages except for one. And so the people that actually got the book early, their book lined up with those preview pages except for that one page. So if somebody were to compare the previews with what was actually in the comic books they saw, they would see that there was a page that was previewed that was not included in this book. That was the first hint that something was up with this. Well, actually, that was the second hint that something was up with this book. I think the first hint I chronicled in my last podcast, which is that there was only a week to pre-order this book, which was suspiciously suspiciously short of a time in order for shops to order this, like they were hiding something, or that there would be something up with this book. So it seems to me, actually, that this whole error with some shops getting the book early, some shops not, was actually part of the plan. It was actually part of this devious 
plan to slowly unroll the fact that there are two versions of the book. And it wouldn't be until the actual street release day, two weeks after shops initially started getting versions of the book, that they would start to see that there was an entirely different version of this book. And that entirely different version of the book did include that preview page that was shown in all of the email announcements and press releases. So that's kind of the recap of how we got here and what's going on. I actually really lucked out because with my last podcast, I had this crazy theory that this book was going to be somehow the key to everything that's been going on with stickers and buttons and all of that, that we still don't know quite what is happening with that meaning that we don't know what the gold first customer buttons are for yet. And I suspected, as I said in my last podcast, that they would be for additional copies of passive-aggressive. And that passive-aggressive would then be able to be turned in in large quantities for some even greater prize along the way. I lucked out because I acted on my crazy theory. I pre-ordered copies of this book from essentially every vendor I could find online that would accept a pre-order and mail it to me. As a result, I received aggressive in the mail from a comic shop on the East Coast the very same day that I got passive in my local comic book in my local comic book shop here on the West Coast. So on day one, I had uh, access to both passive and aggressive. I had the entire story contents available to me right away. And this presented me with a little bit of a dilemma, which is, which one do I read first? Right? Because these are two stories that I knew were essentially different perspectives on the same events, chronicling the same events from different characters' points of view. So which one do you read first? In the end, I decided to read it in the order that it's printed on the cover. Passive, then aggressive. And so that's what I did. And I don't know if that actually colors my view of this book or not. And that, I think itself, is an interesting question. Because it's a dilemma. Which one should you read first? There actually isn't a correct answer to this question. It really is up to you, and it may not matter which one you read first, but it may affect how you read the story and what the story means to you, and that's something I may dig into a little bit as we go on here. All right, so now I want to talk about the story itself. So like I mentioned, I read Passive first, and Passive is... Really, to me, the story of bad luck crossed with a bad situation. The bad situation, of course, is that uh, Xander is in this hacking circle where he is being watched around the clock and forced to essentially perform slave labor to hack into those filthy Americans and steal all their secrets and anything else that there may be. It's interesting, though, to me, that Xander and his uh, girlfriend that he, or at least the, the girl he wants to be his girlfriend, Caprice, are really humanized in this situation. It really shows that they are kind of just normal people that got wrapped up into this and don't exactly have a way out and are really just being forced 
to do this hacking. It's not really because they believe in the agenda or want to stick it to the Americans or anything like that. They're just people stuck in a bad situation trying to make the most of it. From our perspective of a Western culture, I think we look at Russian hackers and the idea of Russian hackers as villains. In a lot of ways, they are villains, and we have seen a lot come down the pipeline as a result of that, whether it is politicians' emails being hacked or pipelines being shut down and the increasing ransomware attacks. All of this, I think, in a lot of ways, we see is the result of Russian hackers, and they really seem like a villain, an enemy against the the West. But in this story, we are taking what is typically one of those uh, villain and really showing that they're just a person stuck in this and are really uh, made the hero of that story. So this throws that conception of what makes a villain with the reality of just somebody who is being human and trying to make the most of it. And I really like that about this in that subverts that expectation and shows us a more human side to that and shows us a more human side to something that we would typically think of in non-humanized terms as just pure villainy. The bad luck that is crossed with the bad situation, of course, is that it turns out that Xander didn't just hack into the account of some doofus billionaire American, that doofus billionaire American happened to also be The Watch, a superhero, quote-unquote, that is uh, extremely violent and actually is the complication to all this. And after I read Passive, I then read Aggressive. And in this way, this character, The Watch, from the aggressive point of view storyline, really seems like a caricature. He's a caricature of Batman crossed with the Punisher, and he is a psychopath in this story that is just almost like the Terminator out for revenge, and nothing is going to get in his way. And it is really only just kind of luck that Xander is able to get out of this situation. It is really, truly just luck that the watch shows up just at the moment when Dmitri the knife, Markov, is about to shoot him and take him out. So in a weird way, that bad luck becomes good luck, at least as far as Xander's life is concerned. All in all, I really enjoyed the story of Xander, even though it didn't exactly have a happy ending, and it wasn't a happy story. He's a character that I was able to feel for and root for, and that I really wanted to succeed. And it was actually very tragic that things did not go the way that he wanted them to. He had the best of plans. He's motivated by freedom and his uh, admiration for his hacking partner Caprice and really just wanted to get out of the situation, live a better life and walk away from this bad situation that he was in. And so I felt a lot of empathy for this character. And that to me is a sign of a really good story. 
And after reading Passive, the aggressive story, it really feels like a parody. It feels like a parody of Batman and the Punisher. Here is this quote-unquote hero that is driven by this childhood trauma of his mother dying from pills. And now to him, everyone is a pill pusher. And he is over-the-top violent. He's single-minded about his purpose. We start out with him essentially taking out protesters, calling them pushers, and beating the crap out of them for spray-painting their message of justice on the uh, on the walls during some sort of protest or, who knows, riot. It could be anything. But from the very beginning, this character is portrayed as just an over-the-top caricature of what these types of vigilante superheroes are. And is, is little more than the Punisher in this story. And it's really only because of Xander's really uh, smart way of thinking to point the blame towards uh, the knife, who his, is his agent that's following him, that allows... Xander to escape from the grinding wheels of justice of the watch. So I left this story really feeling like the small human character was really the hero of this story. Xander, the hacker, he's the hero of this. And he's the hero that actually has a tragic ending. And that the watch is really just this complicating foil parody of a character and really just is there to show and drive the extremes of the the kind of lunacy of vigilantism i wish though i wish that there was a way that i could go back and read aggressive first without having read passive without having had the color of knowing Xander's story ahead of time. Would the aggressive story read differently? I know there's no way I can do that, but I wish that I could. Wish? Did someone say wish? Who are you? I'm your fairy godmother. My my fairy god what? Fairy godmother. Oh, well, I didn't even know I had one of those. Well... You're stupid. I I guess I am. I'm here to grant you three wishes. Three wishes? I I can wish for any any three things and they'll come true? Well, just about anything. Mm. Let's see what you've got. All right. Well, okay. Number one, uh, obviously, world peace. No problem. First wish has been granted, world peace. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Man. Second wish, second wish. Uh, how about an uh, overhaul to our political economic system so that it does not systematically abuse people and transfer wealth from the uh, poorest to the richest people by an automatic process that is unavoidable and built in? Well, I thought you had a challenge for me. No problem. Once again, your wish has been granted. Oh, man. Feel that. Economic justice. All right. One more wish, right? One more. I think the thing that I most, most want, can you make it so that I had never read passive before reading aggressive? Hmm. Well, that's a pretty selfish wish, but sure, I'll go ahead and grant it. 
Alright, thank you, Fairy Godmother. That was wonderful. You're so very welcome. Whoa, wow. So thanks to my Fairy Godmother. I'm enjoying a peaceful world with economic justice for all. And most importantly, a world where I have now read aggressive first before reading passive. And... It is a very interesting take on superheroes and vigilantes and the dangers thereof. So it's very clear that this character, he's to me, he's a, t- a cross between Batman and the Punisher. He has the skills of Batman and the childhood trauma of Batman, but with the the drive to punish people that the Punisher has and the uh, willingness to take vigilante justice into his own hands and serve out punishment as he sees best. And what I really saw this story as is a warning. This story, Aggressive, is a warning against vigilantism and vigilante justice because he looks into these events that he he was hacked, his money was stolen, and he vows revenge for this. And so he goes after this with this single-minded purpose and finds the clues of where this hack came from, where it originated from, and who the perpetrator is. And he finds out that it is Dmitry the Knife Markov. He then goes to Russia, delivers his vigilante justice, takes out the entire hacking ring finally takes out the knife at the very end it is as his very last act of meeting out this justice and then heads off for a vacation after securing all of his funds the problem is though he was wrong he was wrong about who was to blame after reading passive we know the background of what happened in this story which is that it was actually xander who performed this hack. And as part of the hack, he actually laid clues that would not be easy to follow, but could be followed that would actually point to Dmitry the Knife Markov. And this is exactly what happened. In the end, the watch went after the wrong guy because he thought he was going after all the right clues, but in really was not getting the final person responsible for the thing that he was actually trying to track down. And this is why I feel like this is a warning against vigilantism and the dangers of it. Because when you have one single person who takes the law and justice into their own hands, that's just one person who can be manipulated, who can believe the wrong thing, who can see the wrong evidence or the wrong clues to point in the wrong direction. And the watch has nothing to look over that or to provide a a counteracting balance to it. There is no trial here. There is no other opinions. He finds the answer that he decides to act on and act on it. He does violently and aggressively, but he was wrong. He was fooled and he was tricked. And really, in the end, he delivered that vigilante justice to the wrong person. Now, that person he delivered it to is, in a lot of ways, a villain. Like, we we could see that person very much as a villain, especially after reading the passive story. 
because the passive story shows how this guy is watching over Xander and essentially is his handler to make sure that he obeys and is going to stick with his role as a hacker. He actually is then even willing to kill Xander when given the order. But it doesn't stop the fact that the watch, his actions were based on him not knowing the correct information. And when you have somebody willing to put that much brutal action and try to serve out justice for what they believe is the truth, you run into problems. Because one person can be fooled. One person may not know the truth. And so I saw this story really as a warning that vigilante justice, one person deciding that they are the judge, jury, and executioner, to borrow a phrase from Judge Dredd, that that has a major flaw in it and is wrong and is something that we should avoid at all costs. And what's really interesting about this story, I think, is that it takes a role that we typically look at as a hero, the superhero, the Batman, the Punisher. These are often looked at as heroes, people who do the right thing for whatever reason, even if their methods may be a little tough or a little brutal, they do the right thing. But in this case, he didn't. He didn't do the right thing and was, in many ways, the villain of the story. And so this takes this idea of somebody who is typically seen as a hero, shows them as a villain. And that is really interesting. Whoa, fairy godmother, you're back. Hello again. Oh, do I get three more wishes? Unfortunately, no. Instead, I am going to put an expiration date on the three I've already granted you. Oh, when do they expire? Well, now. Ah, so you're saying no more world peace? Nope. The Uh, world is once again in chaos. uh, No more economic justice? Not a chance of that. Oh, all right, but okay, please tell me, please, this was the most important one. Please tell me that you didn't take away the fact that I had never read Passive before Aggressive. Unfortunately, I have revoked that one as well. Thank nabbit. Oh. All right, well, thanks for nothing then, fairy godmother. Oh, you're so very, very welcome. So looking at both of these, I... I'm really interested in if the order that somebody reads them in affects how they read the story and what the story means to them. I did my best to try to look at aggressive from the perspective of it being my first entry into this world and then reading passive afterwards, uh, because that is the really the opposite experience that I did have, which was to read passive first and then have aggressive color that view of the story. I I think that taken as a pair, these two stories do an interesting thing that are the opposite of each other's. Passive takes somebody that would typically be looked at as a villain, a Russian hacker, and shows them as a sympathetic, empathetic hero of our story. Aggressive takes a character that would be typically looked at as the hero of a typical story, this idea of a superhero who's out to deliver vigilante justice in the vein of Batman or the Punisher and shows that really they can be the the villain of this story. And so these two things, 
from these different perspectives do the opposite thing. One takes what would be the villain, shows them as a sympathetic hero. One takes what would be the hero and shows them as a twisted villain. And that, I think, is pretty darn cool. So any of you that listened to my last podcast knew that I made a called shot about this book. I made a called shot that this book was going to be the key to whatever this redemption program is that bad idea is going to have with all these first customer buttons and the final five sticker that promotion. And that theory hasn't quite proven out yet. Actually, either way or the other way, because as I record this, it's a few days before Bad Idea has announced what the buttons are actually for. So I could still be right. And interestingly enough, I was right that there was something going on with this book. I was right that there was something suspicious about passive aggressive and that we would want multiple copies. And I lucked out by that because I did pre-order a handful of copies of this book to make sure that I would have several copies. So on the day it came out, like I said earlier, I have both passive and aggressive in my hand on the Wednesday that this was released. And that was pretty darn cool. I may still be proven right about the larger picture that this book is going to be the key to whatever redemption program we have. But I think I have an update. And so that called shot I made last time, I'm going to make an even more called shot, a collared shot, the callistest of shots. But before I get into it, a warning. Of course, I have to give you a warning. All of this is just speculation. I don't know anything. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just reading the tea leaves. I think this called shot that I'm about to talk about matches a lot of the evidence that we've seen, both in terms of how books have been released and what bad ideas interested in. There are a lot of things that snap into place if this called shot theory that I'm about to tell you is correct. But just because this is one explanation that makes a lot of things fall into place doesn't mean that it's right. After all, just because I have found something that fits the evidence, it doesn't mean it's the right thing. If we find something that fits all the evidence and we act on it, then we're little better than the watch. The watch thought he had all the evidence. And look what happened. He actually let the person that was the perpetrator of the action that he was actually going to try to avenge walk free. Maybe that was a good thing. Maybe not. That is open for debate. But the fact that he acted on an interpretation of events that he felt matched everything that he saw actually led to the wrong conclusion. I'm essentially doing the same thing. I'm reading the tea leaves. I'm seeing what's out there. And I have come up with an explanation that I think matches everything. Whether or not it really does is something that we will all find out in just a few days. But I'm thinking about this 
and I'm throwing my thoughts out there publicly for all of you to consume. Maybe I'll be right. Maybe I'll be wrong. Now let's get on with it. My previous call shot was that those first customer buttons that were available to everybody that was the first person into the comic shop to pick up the first issue of each bad idea title, those would be good for a copy of Passive Aggressive. And that we would have to turn in a certain number of copies of Passive Aggressive to get the final reward, whatever that might be. Maybe a copy of the Hero Trade, maybe the final Hero Trade book that Bad Idea publishes. I don't know what it's going to be, but that was essentially my called shot. And here's the update. I think that each one of those first customer buttons is going to be good for another copy of the first issue of that particular title. So... The ENIAC first customer button will be good for another copy of ENIAC number one. The first customer tankers button will be good for a copy of tankers number one, and etc., etc. Furthermore, I think there's going to be a redemption program for the final bad idea book. And what we're going to have to send in to redeem for this is a copy of the first issue of each bad idea title. So, what this means is that we're going to have to send in a copy of ENIAC number one, Tankers number one, Walesville, The Lot number one, Passive Aggressive, Pirate Queen, Odin's Eye, Monster Kill Squad, and that other one that I can't remember off the top of my head, for better or worse. But that's what I think we're going to have to do. Send in a copy of the first issue of each Bad Idea title, to get the final bad idea title, whatever that may be. And I, I don't really have any guesses about what the reward will be. My guess, though, is that it's going to be something related to the hero trade because all of the fun dunks that they ever pull on us really come down to the hero trade. That is their fun dunk title. So that's just kind of a, a side guess, but not really the meat of what I'm talking about here. I think this book that gets redeemed for is obviously going to be a fairly low print run, high demand collector's item because of how much is going to be required to get one of these. So I think that there is going to be a a high desirability to redeem the books to get this. So, all right. Now, I mentioned that this fits a lot of puzzle pieces, and I want to talk about what those puzzle pieces are. I think one thing we've seen from Bad Idea is that they are very interested in creating books that get a lot of buzz on the collector's market. They like putting out books that make people rush to stores to try to find these. They like when books go up in price on the back issue market, when they like to see that these things have become collectible. Now, one thing that I think we've noticed is that the prices of ENIAC number one are pretty darn high still. In fact, I'm looking up prices right now, and it looks like it's still selling in the 40 to $50 range on eBay. But the rest of the first issues of Bad Idea titles are not really selling for much more than cover price. If this is revealed to be the redemption program, then all of those first issue of Bad Idea titles are instantly going to become 
a massive desired item as people scramble to get them to use for this redemption program. Also, here's an interesting side effect of this. We know that one of the rules for bad idea books is that stores have to purchase the same number of each title. They have to purchase the same number of issue four as they do of issue one for any particular series. And so as a result of this, there's the same number of copies of issues one, two, three, or four even if it has that many issues in the series. If this redemption program happens, there will actually be less copies of issue number one available out there than there are of the seceding issues. That is going to make the first issue, again, a much more collectible item, especially in the long term. It is really rare these days that the first issue of any comic book series has a lower print run than the succeeding issues. Almost every issue that comes out has way more copies of issue number one printed than it does of two or three or four because print runs tend to decrease because people try out a title. They decide it's not for them. They stop buying it. That is a very common pattern that we see over and over in this industry. If this redemption program that I am guessing at is true, that's going to be flipped on its head for all of these bad idea titles. And that is the kind of thing that I think would make Bad Idea very happy to see. It also then explains the not first print of these titles because they can just release not first prints of the first issue to fill in that gap. This makes the first printing of each first issue of each series much more collectible, but also doesn't really hurt the readability of each of these series as the content is still available as a not first print. This also then becomes a huge reward for everybody who got a gold first customer button because essentially what this would mean, if you manage to get that first customer button of every book, you get this final prize for free because you have each of the issues that you need to redeem by having that button. And it does in no way hurt your existing collection. You don't have to take that first issue out of your collection to send to them because you've got another one from the button. So it really rewards those people, and I salute you too, that have gotten those first customer buttons for every single title that have come out. This would also put each of us as readers and collectors in a bit of a quandary, right? What do I do with my issues? Do I take my first issue of Tankers and ENIAC and send them in? Yeah, I can replace them with not first prints, but then I'm missing this the collectible first issue, but I'm getting another collectible in exchange. So that is then a balancing act. What is the right thing to do? Do I get rid of all my first prints of the first issues of Bad Idea titles to get this other book? Or do I keep them and just not have that book? It asks each of us to ask ourselves that question, which is also quite interesting. Also rather devious. And it's devious in the way that I would expect of Bad Idea. Lastly, it explains that massive pre-order for the final five titles 
that came out a month or so ago, month or two ago now. I can't even remember how long ago now. When stores were able to offer people to pre-order all five of the final titles. And that was Passive Aggressive, Monster Kill Squad, Pirate Queen, Last Resort, and Odin's Eye. Because if this is true, those first issues of these upcoming series are going to be way more desirable right off the bat, right when the book comes out. Because stores will know that people need these in order to redeem them. And so offering all five of those titles up front for pre-order gave Bad Idea a way to offer to its customers a guaranteed purchase for all those titles without having to deal with the shenanigans of there being a reduced volume of the first issue or heightened demand for those first issues of each volume. So in a way, that big pre-order gambit to blindly buy all five of the final five titles was a way of actually playing fair with us as fans of Bad Idea. I could see this being the thing that happens. I feel like it fits all of these pieces. And this fits one more piece of evidence that was pointed out to me. And this is a question that was asked of Dinesh Shamdasani, the co-CEO of Bad Idea, on Twitter. This was Luke Hatfield, and thank you, Luke, for asking this question. He asks, the question I want to know, is there a bigger reward for having more than one? Referring to the Bad Idea First customer pins. And Dinesh responded, no to the question you specifically asked. Yes to the question I think you mean to ask. And this would make sense from the perspective of having multiple buttons wouldn't give you anything more. Each button would still just give you one copy of the first issue of each of these series. But yes, having multiple buttons would give you copies of the first issue of each of these series for all bad idea titles, which would then be used to secure an even greater reward. I can see that this is an idea, a theory that fits all the pieces out there, but that doesn't mean it's right. But if it is, it means that each of us is either going to have to give up our first print of the first issue of each of the bad idea titles to get the final reward for this, or we're going to have to secure ourselves an additional copy of each of the first prints of each of the series of bad idea titles. So you may be asking yourself, well, (laughs) Sean, if you think this is true, are you going to go out and buy additional copies of the first prints of the first issue of each bad idea titles? And to that answer, no, I'm not going to go out and buy additional first prints of the first issue of each bad idea title. I did that 35 minutes ago. Hey, you've been listening to Overthinking the Bad. My name is Sean, and this podcast is about bad idea comics. You can find more episodes plus some of the other things that I work on at overthinkingcomics.com. If you're listening to this podcast episode, you probably know where and how to find more. So dig in and enjoy. And I'll talk to you next time. I have a good idea about bad ideas. The
Hello again, people. I got to ask this for the overall one-off on the person that's not all the illusions that I've had. 